0: of the Why Different Podcast. This is episode three, part two in our discussion with multimodal artist and photographer Nedim Nazarali. You can catch the first episode on our Spotify page. The link is in the show notes. It's worth listening to that before if you haven't already. Otherwise, we're rejoining the conversation after a discussion about collaboration in the photography industry. And now Ned goes on to discuss sensitivity. This is a wide-reaching conversation where we actually dig quite deep. So if you want to hear two grown men talking about their feelings and listening, we also listened to three of Ned's chosen tracks that tell us a bit about his story and how his mind works. And true to Ned's taste, they are wicked. Enjoy. The- you mentioned before that you can be quite sensitive. How does that affect your ability to work with people, huh. if ever, in terms of clients Yeah, and colleagues Mm. and collaborators are there good elements about that sensitivity maybe some empathy and and are there bits that are more challenging
1: i think the beginning of my career there were parts that were very challenging i've had moments when i've had creative control over something but then we brought someone in Mm. because i need support with certain things i can't do everything myself let's say co-directors stuff like that Mm. and I've had challenging moments where co-directors are trying to make it their baby. A bit more of a clearer experience is like sometimes when you have a really good idea, someone's got a, a tune or an uh, an album and you're creating artwork for it and you've got a really good idea right, that really resonates with your art mm. and is, is that soul-feeding art. If, produ- if I produce that, that's going to feed my soul. That, that That's really me. But then it's not them. They don't like the idea or they don't get it. Mm. That brings me a bit of a downer. But then that's when I have to realise that line between something that is a creative work and a job. I've been told, someone gave me advice one day, give them what they want. Yeah. Because I've become frustrated in certain situations, working with fashion brands, organisations. There's a particular organisation I went in every month to film, the CEO talking about how they're doing in this brand mm. organisation, from sales to pieces they've been selling. And... I remember when I first went to the offices, beautiful offices. Mm. And the two ladies that I was meeting, they wanted to show me around and talk to me about the job and everything like that. I got very frustrated at one point because I'm coming there with my expertise. I know what will look good and how we can shoot something considering where lighting is coming from and stuff like that. Mm. And what was the
0: job specifically that they were doing? They wanted you to shoot? Sort of, every, like month, a
1: every month, shooting a little video for all the people that worked in the company, around the world, mm. a video of the CEO talking to the camera with a setup of clothing and stuff like that. What was hot this month? What did well? Like an update for in-house.
0: Mm. And was this to, to just let people know about how the company was doing or was it to give them inspiration or direction? A bit of about, both, Okay. a bit of both, about but more
1: so might- how the updates for everyone. Okay. So everyone in the organization can look on their phone then their app and be like, okay, here's a video of the CEO talking a bit of an update about the months. Cool. And you yes. yeah. we cool. were filming? Yes. And we were filming, so when I had to go in the first day and they were showing me the different rooms that we could potentially shoot in. Mm. You know, you've got the basement room, you've got an office room with beautiful glass walls. They are a creative company. They said they didn't want anything corporate. Um, and they were showing me these rooms, but I was just thinking they haven't really thought about this much. Like... They want me to make something look professional, but you're showing me a room which you could potentially shoot in. And it's got all of these kind of, those cage things they put on the wall so they can pin things up and hang clothes on and stuff like that. Mm. It looks horrible. It looks like you're in a rabbit's cage. Mm.
0: But not in an edgy way.
1: Not in an edgy way. You've got the rest of the building so contemporary, they've rebuilt it. a swirling staircase, which is like something from the Tate Modern. And we're not using that. And then there's like an office room, beautiful glass walls. I wouldn't say it looks corporate, but you're looking through into the main area of the building through the glass. And it was, it was, I think this would work because, again, this is a CEO. It's, it has, it has a, have a sense of professionalism. The CEO is wearing a suit. This fits in. It's contemporary. It's modern. Yeah. It's not corporate, like a big table in front of him and what kind of stuff. And I remembered saying it would be great to shoot him against this. Window wall because you've got the movement of the organization in the background, and then she was always butting and saying, Oh, but doubting. She being oh, so the lady that showed me around, one of the workers that what was her job? Uh, she was the one that was in control, the uh, director of that department who had to produce these videos. Oh, okay, yeah. Fine. So when she showed me this room, so I said to her, Oh, we could potentially shoot the CEO here. This is a great location, we've got beautiful window here. We see the rest of the office, doesn't feel officey. But she was very anxious and worried. And she was telling me, oh, but what about the reflection there and reflection there? And that really got to me. And it shouldn't have got to me because what does she know? Um, she's right. Reflection can get in the way. But if I light things a certain way, that's not a problem. Right. Do you know what I mean? Um, obviously, she didn't know that.
0: Um, mm. So she hadn't taken into account Yeah. Um, that you were just pointing out a good location. Yeah.
1: I got the job before I even came in. Mm. Now it was just for me to... St- have a look at the location. So she's obviously seen my work. She trusts in my eye and stuff like that. And I feel like that sense of trust is needed. Right. And I got very frustrated and sensitive. And then she showed me this room downstairs, which wasn't good. It's, you want something contemporary and modern and not corporate, but you show me this room. It doesn't make sense. So it didn't really seem like they knew what they wanted. Right. I realized afterwards that they had a previous person doing this job and they messed the job up quality wasn't the quality they wanted so she was being extra paranoid about it Mm. but i'm so used to in a a creative industry you talk about these things she was coming from a corporate angle and i find in the industry a lot of people don't know what they want but they try and come across as they they know what they want because they don't want to look like they don't know their shit yeah insecurity right and I'm happy to take control of things. This is what's going to work. This is what's right. This is what looks going to look good. Done. Mm. It's harder when people don't know what they want because they worry about this or oh, what about that, and worry about this mm. and worry about that. Yeah. So then, yeah, I get really sensitive about that kind of stuff. And so that kind of upsets you. And what part of that upsets you? Uh, it upsets me that they're not maybe listening to me. I'm saying, look, this would work here because of this, that, and that, and they're not listening. To the logic behind it and the creativity behind it. I'm hitting all the objectives that you wanted and I'm pointing them out saying this is why this wouldn't be good, because it's sitting your objective of this, that, that. Oh yeah, but what about that reflection? Mm. It's just like yeah. anxiety.
0: Yeah. Ah. And you mentioned that this was something that earlier in your career, mm. and by that I, I'm taking that you mean when you were younger as well. and yeah. um, that there was more of a problem. Uh, have you overcome that and how how i
1: i i think my communication again i cannot look and blame at other people for things i always have to look what can i do to manipulate that environment in my own way so they can understand me a bit more Mm -hmm. where i'm coming from so what i mean by that is for example if a co-director suggests an idea we can shoot maybe something like this if straight away I know oh, I don't like it or I know that this is going to create problems in the future, instead of me being like, no, that just won't work or, or get frustrated, I'll say, I really like the idea. So make them feel like, okay, you put in something and I'm saying to you, I really like the idea so they're not feeling put down. Yeah. And then saying, but I don't feel it would work because if we shoot this like this then in the edit cut, it will not flow with that next scene
0: yeah it doesn't you know, fit in with the rest of in. the picture but it's yeah i think that the way you've articulated it so, so not to shut someone leading, down straight yeah, away you lead with the positive we learn so much that communication is yeah. such an important skill mm. and one of the most important things is to be easy to work with mm. and that will give you success <laughs> in and of itself communication is one of the things that I think it comes least naturally or not as easily as it perhaps once did. Yeah.
1: And what is it? Is it fear of being judged? Is it fear of being That's another thing. I feel like what I explained to you now about communicating, I'd like to be in control and I, if I've got an idea and a vision, I want to do it. So, I'm very much if someone suggests this and I feel like oh, that looks going to look cheesy, I get pissed off. I'm like, "No."
0: a lot of people talk about inflexible thinking or black white thinking people oh, with adhd black experience black and a lot. white it's yeah. either my way or the highway and, and why do you think that is because i think a lot of people when you filter it down mm. realize that it's hypersensitivity and mm. perhaps misconstruing somebody's difference in opinion for mm. disapproval of your idea or you right which of yeah. course is it's not going to make anyone feel good and it's going to you know cause your defense system yeah. to uh, start alarming and then you to
1: mm-hmm.
0: mount a response you've had, that, have you've had that have you had that feeling
1: before when you've really planned for a meeting or, or, or whatever and you've worked so hard on it and then you finally put out the idea and then they're like not really keen on it oh what yeah what i've that, had it worse feeling i like to be in control if i've got a vision i want to thing it because if i've got a vision that's something from somewhere pure that's coming from me I believe it's about getting them to understand it In a certain way To dissecting it in the right way For them yeah. to understand it Instead yeah. of saying This is what's going to work Why? Yeah. I had a problem about people questioning me about it Because I am so passionate about this idea and, and whatever And I know it would work When people question is Oh hang on a sec And it just varies in different contexts When a client doesn't know what he wants Or he's not there yet You can't even get angry at it Because he doesn't know what he wants Whatever you put to them How do you handle those situations now? There's been a recent one where someone started a business in the creative industry and they're not there yet. So when they approached me before, and wanted to get involved in something. I felt like I couldn't do anything for them until they were more ready and prepared. Because people can just say things. I can give you five great business ideas right now and be fucking amazing. But that's just words. I need to see that you're doing this and you're ready for it. Um, And then I can seriously talk to you about the the details of what could work and what I would suggest The direction to go in the visual ideas and stuff like that, but how I would deal with it now is listen Okay, again, it depends if it's the job and they just need me to film something whatever and I need to give them what they want And they're very sure about what they want great If they're not sure and I don't feel they're ready, I'll be like, listen, I think you need to work on this, that and that first. And then maybe contact me in a couple of weeks, see how you're getting on. And when you're more ready and you've sorted all that other stuff out, Mm. then let's talk about this stuff. Yeah, I I think think that's a good way to do it
0: because it shows respect for their excitement that they have and that they are serious and they do want to try and take this further. And I always say, if there's anything
1: that you want, if there's anything in the meantime you've got questions about or want to talk about or ideas, drop me a message. Yeah, And I'll let you know my opinion
0: as long as you can communicate effectively and with respect for them and yeah. the effort that they've almost certainly put mm. in that's invisible to everyone mm. except themselves, I think that the outgoing yeah, way is always yeah, good. And I think that's, that's, yeah, that's a good I do get pissed advice.
1: off though because there's people that do this and they're like, yes, you're saying all this and this is what you want to do and this is what you're going to do. But I, I, I do get pissed off with people because it's, what was it? I, 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 I think I know what you're
0: going to say about <laughs> when people, they have an idea and they, they want to tell you about it but they actually don't have any real intention of putting in the work that's needed yeah. to progress it. And it yeah. actually then becomes a bit of a waste of your time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is that, definitely. There is that. And there, and there's also, you're doing this and you're going to be doing this and this idea, yeah. But I'm not here to give you all the ideas. Mm. Figure your side out first and I'll figure out where I can fit in and how I can get involved. And a lot of people are bullshitters. So I'm very specific who i deal with and how much energy i give do how much any energy i do give i give a little bit and then have my boundaries right your, your most recent work has been
0: blending photography with fine art yeah. and body painting yeah what was your journey like into that and how did you end up there from shooting portraits you know, and stuff portraits you know, and work rita aura and. Yeah. so i think and the, what was that like Actually, what shooting Rita Ora? Because mm-hmm. it was earlier on in her career. Yeah,
1: it was just. I think when she was nineteen, she just got signed by Rock Nation. I met her through a friend, and
0: and Rock Nation, Jay Z's, right? Yeah, Jay Z's, yeah, name. yeah,
1: yeah. And during the time and while she's creating her album, her management wanted to create noise around her, activity, content, and stuff like that. So they were shooting Rita Ora diaries, and. I was part of those episodes where i was shooting her
0: what was rita Or's diaries
1: it was her talking about her day-to-day what she's doing going to the studio today doing this and creating this song met this artist and was working with them so it's like a daily diaries for like two weeks or something like that okay and so i did a shoot for that diary today i was shooting with ned this great photographer and then from there i think the management wanted me to get portraits of her different outfits different scenes which would have been used as content and visuals leading up to to promote her album. So magazine articles, stuff like that, Mm. to help promote her. And so that's the kind of work I did with her. Yeah. And obviously it's become huge. Yeah. 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 That was my first main gig in the music photography. So I was shooting portraits and then because shooting her was like, she had a stylist. It was very fashion as well as image. It worked. But then after that I fell in the, the music industry, more mm. i think someone phoned me up a producer who's ex michael jackson management mm. he was working with a group called the Swingle singers they were a 50 year old group originally a cappella every few years they change singers mm. so this was, it's not like eight 9 year old men singing a cappella but i was contacted by a producer who was managing and producing their 50th anniversary album mm. and Needed a photographer for album artwork and promotional wow. shots. And, and yeah, and every year or so I'm shooting all of their new work, their portraits and their group portraits for their year ahead. So it sounds like quite different gigs. Yeah. Were they quite
0: prescriptive in what they wanted and how you would design and conduct the shoots? Somewhere. Were,
1: somewhere, but then a lot license. of it was... This is what I liked about the music industry. I had a lot more creative control. Right. I was okay let me hear this people's music. Okay, I think they would work being set in a big cathedral or a banded swimming pool. Do you know what I mean? It would really work with the title of the music and songs and the kind of sound and vibe. This would be a great location to shoot. so I'll have the input. pool. Yeah, and that, we actually shot an abandoned yeah. swimming pool. What Victorian old swimming pool.
0: What made you think? <laughs> I mean, I've never even, even conceptualised you know an what? abandoned swimming I don't pool. Know <laughs> at
1: the, I don't know at the time, but I think that, firstly, is a group of seven. To shoot seven people in this white background studio is hell. Mm. You wanna shoot someone in a big space. But I was just looking at just interesting locations. And I think at the time, things like abandoned places and stripped walls were really nice because it added a sense of, of art, artistry to it. Mm. When you've, you've got stripped walls, you've got all these different colors. And for me, it was just visual. Right. But it actually, worked out to be a really good idea. Firstly, we found this, I think in Birmingham or somewhere, I found this Victorian school, but I was looking for for locations of abandoned places. Saw this old abandoned Victorian pool. One was in use, one was completely empty and dry. I phoned them up and and I said, look, we're interested in shooting some portraits here of a a music group. And they were like, this place, literally you can catch diseases from working here. Wow. Like being in here, like we haven't looked after it. It's dangerous, health and safety is not gonna happen. I phoned the producer and I said, look, I had a whole mood board about why it would work in here. It connects with emotion. It connects with water. It connects with the past drying up. And now you're into the new. This is the 50th anniversary that the producer worked on. Sunny coming from an acapella group to Sunny a full mm. orchestra sound. I'm talking about kind of for movie scripts and stuff like that. And so this group was having a, a, a completely new transformation. Mm. So my whole idea about shooting in an abandoned empty swimming pool was that they were leaving the past behind them. No. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. was their beginning. And they liked it and stuff. And I said to Hugo, look, there's this place and I think it would really work. There's lots of space. There's so many different areas of the pool, like from where the big machines were, which was like pumping the pool to the actual pool itself to other areas of it. We can do so many different looks here and get a nice variety of shots. Mm. The producer did his magic, which he's so good at. British guy, English guy, grew up in... Kensington married with someone who in New York so lives halfway New York and thing, but he's got that he just knows how to talk in it mm. and he spoke to them and he managed to get us the pool and um, what did you with do all about the health, the health and safety taking? issues he, he, he said we'll, we'll help support regenerate and we build this place oh, that's if good. we can help in some sort of way but this is what producers do these things they're good at doing these things and getting things mm. so he spoke to me we got it and that was like sh- my first album cover shoot I think and I'm talking about this Victorian empty pool. Above, on one side, there are balconies for each of the guys to, to, to stand in. And that was the album cover. And it's, what's funny is the end, you've got the original sign and it says Deep End. No, right. the, yeah. got, on the other side, you've got the big speedo clock. Do you remember the big speedo clock? Yeah, Cocktail Pool. Oh, man, it was, go, it was that novelties where they were amazing. So you know that Deep <laughs> Deep End? Yeah. They ended up call- that being the name of the album, Deep End. Oh, no way. And That's- it just worked out so great. That was a prime example of a collaboration where I put in these ideas and this is the reason why it, 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 water drying up, it, it signifies renewal. I'm looking at symbolism. I'm looking at all these things to support the fact that I just want to shoot in this cool fucking location. Yeah. And it made sense. Brilliant, man. It was a really great experience.
0: That's a crazy story. And it it's, it beats the two stories that you just described where you have... One instance where you have your creative ideas and you've mm. thought a lot about it and put together a mood board and you've then presented it to them with a potential problem yeah. but they bought into your idea and your yeah. vision so much that they've made it happen they and made it happen you've had a very fruitful outcome from yeah. that which has creatively inspired both of you yeah, you know, yeah. compared to yeah an, an instance before where you didn't really have that buy-in mm, and it definitely. meant that perhaps you weren't so invested in it and maybe it stifled your at least your enjoyment of the experience and maybe Mm. your creativity yeah in that so it it does show that you got to choose your collaborations definitely you know it won't always be possible my collaborations
1: have always been those kind of individuals of musicians or groups where they're telling a story there's something very pure about their music Mm. and discovering the swingles i never heard of Swingles in my life the Swingle singers yeah very well known in the maybe the jazz and classical field, very famous in their area. And I just didn't know them. So to open my mind up and to hear this type of music again, it was its growth from there, man, like connecting with people with different sound again, that kind of really influenced the way I listen to music and helped me grow from the type of music that I used to listen to. It's like the next step of maturity mm. and really understanding sound and how something takes you on a, a narrative. So always meeting someone new and working with a new musician, you learn something from it. It's like, there's always a connection there with, oh, I experienced that feeling right. or I understand what that means. And so, you, yeah. And you've
0: exhibited in you know, those are very prestigious places, the Royal Academy. Yeah.
1: Of Some, not in, enough. Uh, like, I haven't done too many personal exhibitions. I never okay. focus on my, my most career of my in the fashion, and music industry. I actually be just doing work for clients. Yeah, really, same. not my personal work.
0: And is it right that you've, in recent years, started doing work that my artwork meets your yeah. your creative definitely needs, right? Yeah. And so as well as being the RA, being in the Oxo and in Harrods windows, you've now started focusing a bit more on the connection that you can get with your artist, Yeah. And how is your experience different now to what it was in the past? And how has it been deliberate that you've taken this path?
1: Working in, a, in the music industry, I realised that I have a, a better, deeper, more meaningful connection with the subjects I'm shooting. I'm not just shooting them. I'm, I'm discovering who they are. I'm discovering their music. Their music is their art. That's their soul. Mm. That's who they are. And so I was able to, Create a better connection with them to understand them, understand their message, who they were, who what their identity was, and translate that into visuals. Mm. So already comparing it to the fashion industry, where if you had a campaign or lookbook shoot, I don't think I went far enough for me to experience the full fashion industry. Mm. I think I just wasn't too interested in it. The chaos around it, the type of people you meet, it didn't make me feel secure and stable. Right, it felt like just a job. And maybe if I stuck to it and thinged it, it would have been different. Mm. But I fell naturally into the music industry and I saw the comparisons of, of the creative control I had. And that's when I started to produce my body paint art. Because now it wasn't just about shooting the identity of someone, their shell and their look. It is with some. But also I worked with some artists where their narrative, their music, their poetry was so deep and meaningful in their personal journey and in life that I really connected to it and right then I'm connecting with more than just a physical person I'm connecting with an energy a soul Mm. and so I had an idea where I really want to capture the soul of this person there's a musician called Ren who I worked with same producers as Swingles he was working with this artist and had a, a big project immersive live show concert, and they wanted me to produce film for the show that was being projected behind her on stage whilst her character on stage and on screen kind of swap over. Mm. It was all about a person having two identities and which one to follow. A bit like when we talk about our minds, one going one way, one going the other way, we all have this. We all have different personalities within us. Mm. For, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And aspects of us. like You can be a, a warrior and you be a, a peaceful meditator i believe that you can be both and if uh, if you're spiritual it doesn't mean you can't be a warrior and have that passion and aggression right so this is what her story was about and i felt like her voice is so pure and the music that she creates and the songs that she sings and writes are so meaningful to just life and her journey Mm -hmm. that i really wanted to capture the essence of her soul Mm. it was almost that voices coming out of her, her soul, her spirit. It wasn't her physical. The first thing for me to do was I want to strip her social identity. How do you mean? So, for example, her social identity of the way someone dresses or if someone's got glasses, that's what we identify you as. This person identifies he's got glasses, he's this colour skin. This is their social identity. This is how we identify people mm. on the outside. I wanted to strip that, take that away so no one can judge the person or judge the subjects by that but more so of a feeling of who this person really is as a soul i was called an alien wren because she, it felt like she's from a different planet do you know what I mean? you know you and me were talking about how we can conversate with people and musicians and creative people in a way that maybe other people would understand but you just get each other because of the right. feeling yeah that's yeah. her like me and her so we connected in that way and so i had this idea i i Literally just wanted to make it look like an alien, a, a different being, a right. beam of light, or whatever it was. So I created an idea. The idea was to create designs on a face and a body that represented elements: Earth, water air, and fire. All of these elements is what creates a being. Mm. without each one of those we would not be living without air we would not be here without water we would not be here without these things so it was like connecting with nature to create this new being and I remember the producer didn't like that idea because I, I didn't present it in a good way I was dropping things like I see as an alien it's like, no one gets that <laughs> he was like no this is not going to happen and like, do you know what the artist said that's so me Yeah, that's... that is me let's do it that's who I am
0: you know, what's so good about that is that it, it I shows... connected with her exactly. soul
1: yeah. I connected energetically with this person
0: it is about communication and we often think that just means the traditional form of Mm. spoken language Mm. and that's the only way that you can communicate Mm -hmm. ideas but i don't think that's the truth at all what you've described is is how you feel like you've understood her she's communicated information to you about who she is that you've been able to understand Mm. and then you've designed uh, a piece that's going to Exhibit that part yeah. of her in a way that it's yeah, never yeah, yeah. been the, exhibited before. The pureness before. of
1: her, the, yeah.
0: in a visual play, in a visual way. It's, it's interesting because it takes her coming out and saying that that is actually me to her producer, who yeah. you might assume has known her for longer and maybe knows it better than you do. Mm-hmm. It takes her coming out and saying that mm. for him to be able to understand the language that you have both exchanged yeah, 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 without
1: yeah. words. Yeah, it's, there's it, something then. I, I'm sorry, if an artist wants to do something, you do it. And I I realise that from doing that kind of work with someone, you're really connecting in a different way. Like, I feel like doing my body painting, I've noticed with my subjects, it's really helped them shed their skin and release things that they're holding onto. It's almost been a kind of a spiritually healing kind of practice. Which part of it? The whole thing in terms of transforming someone into a completely different avatar, Mm -hmm. into their soul being. I've allowed people to see who they really are in the essence. And it's it's almost like purified them and they've let go of a lot of things. And I've had out-of-body experiences doing it. I've had out-of-body experiences painting, getting a sponge with paint, doing someone's knee. Then I'm back to earth again and I don't know how much time has gone past. We're connecting in a different dimension. We're connecting not on the physical realm, the three-dimensional realm. We're connecting through energy and soul. And that is healing because you start to realise there's more than us than just this. There's more than us than it's physical. We are... Emotional beings, we are creative and it it allowed me to realize that our possibilities are limitless Just like how I can transform someone into a completely different being and a vibe You're now a limitless being, you're not George with the glasses and that Puma t-shirt You're now just like your skin, bone and a completely transformed thing Mm. And then taking those shots and seeing yourself in a different way Just turns you into something more than a physical person it takes you into something more empowering and higher up. And I've always said that I'm, I'm capturing people's higher selves. That Ren shot, which is used for her album cover, which was used f- for the promotion of her tour, billboards. I named that piece Higher because I was capturing her higher self. Mm. And her story and her journey and her album was all about her following her true self. Mm. Whereas you had this other side to say, you can't do it, you can't do it. But if you follow your higher self, you. F- which hard to focus on that. You'll get to where you want to get to. It's weird because it all just ends up happening. It's an
0: interesting sort of metaphor for how you never really your truest self mm. when you're presenting yourself the way others want you to mm. be seen. It, it, it sounds to me like perhaps it was an opportunity for your subjects mm. to shed those identities that come from other people yeah, and then almost be painted in yeah. an identity that more resonates with who they feel mm, they are yeah yeah i can imagine that can and liberate. it works with the
1: artists seem to like love being body painted. they want to like strip and get painted because you know it's arty it's artistic it's poetry in a visual sense mm. it connects with them. i feel like musicians when they're writing music they're visualizing as well they're visualizing and mm. they're feeling so the next step is to put those visuals in, in place I think artists are very visually connected, so it's very easy to work with them. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's probably even harder to work with people that just want to have in their music video a nice car and everything that just looks good, but there's no depth and meaning behind it. Right. Do you know what I mean? I'm more so of working with artists that is authentic. Right. Rather than so commercial in a a sense. I'm good at making the artist stuff looking commercial. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I've been told that a lot of my art does look commercial, which is great. I love that. The fact that it can have so much depth but be commercial, it works in both. It's marketable. You always worry. I always worry about uh, having something too arty in my own dimension, in my own world, that no one's going to get it.
0: Yeah, they can't relate. I guess that's one of the things about different artists. It depends on quite a lot on, on what they want to get out of their, yeah. their, their art. I know because I'm interested in, in lyrics and, and, mm. and rap, so I know that there are some concepts that people will never get from most of the songs that they listen to. Yeah. Say Kendrick Lamar... Damn. If you listen to Dissect, it's a podcast series by Cole Kushner where he tears apart the construction of a lot of the best songs or who does most well known songs. the host called Cole oh. Kushner. And yeah, he did uh, Frank Ocean, he did probably his albums at the start he's done loads of Oh, I only did the Frank them. Ocean one. Was yeah. that good? But were they I mean, dissecting? Unbelievable. His songs.
1: You you wouldn't but in a good way or bad ways? He always goes and looks at in the a, good things. And he
0: talks about all of the elements that go into the song, what the meanings are, what the references are. And
1: are they his perspective? Or are they both? He's
0: obviously done a lot of research and he's very yeah. trained in, in this. But then also, I imagine he reaches out to the artist mm. in some sense and maybe gets some, some information. I don't know that for sure. So I don't want to put words in his mouth. But anyhow, it's like very thoroughly researched. Mm. And if you listen, listen to the Pyramids episode.
1: Oh, really? The story behind
0: that. It's like a...
1: I think I was quite disappointed by what that song really meant. What What was your impression of what it meant? Because cause after I saw the music video, I think the music video ruined it for me. Oh, what was your interpretation of what it meant? I, I thought it was clever. Yeah. It was definitely clever, but... I think what threw me off was their strippers and... Oh. But, but then I liked the way their faces warped in the oh. video. But also, when you've got something like Pyramids in there, I'm looking for something deep. Oh, and that... But I loved the reference he used... Like from Cleopatra and the snake and stuff like that into the modern day life
0: experiences. Have a, have a listen to that episode. It's so much deeper than... Really? Did you so, think that
1: was intentional by Frank Ocean?
0: Oh mate, I will not be, be able to make sense of it to you. because yeah, yeah. the story so much deeper than that and what it's actually talking about. Yeah. And yeah, it's amazing. Really? It's amazing. Okay, I'll check. you've got to send me the link. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll share it. Because I can't remember the, the whole narrative, but it would talk about the women who are left behind by society mm. and having an opportunity to become like the queens or present right. as the queens, as okay. Cleopatra. Okay. So that's it's like more from the stripper, et cetera, et cetera. You know? But this is a
1: guy talking about it. Is that controversial?
0: Potentially. Have a listen. Have a yeah. listen and then we can have that discussion. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. And, and I think without re- listening to those deconstructions, those people will never understand their work. I, I think I'm mm. somebody who tries to listen to lyrics a lot. And so much of that was over my head.
1: And it's fine not to understand it.
0: It is, yeah. Do you yeah.
1: know what? I believe that whatever art you're producing and you're putting out there, as long as you like it, that's the most important thing. 100%. If you like it, don't worry about what other people like because it's you. It's you showing who you are to the world, in a sense. It's you giving something back to the world and that's a, p- it's part of the puzzle of a whole collective I feel like what you're doing is something that you're doing. If you waited five years to do it, someone else might have been doing what you're doing. Something in there needs to fit and that's your contribution to the world consciously. For do you sure. know what I mean? I've had experiences in the past where I've had ideas and I've taken too long to do it. I see someone else doing it and I think shit, I was out there, but that wasn't meant for me to do. That wasn't meant right. for me to do, but it was meant to be in that, our world, but not for me to do that one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like really finding your authenticity and what you want to produce in your feelings people are going to understand it because we're all one. What you talk about is going to resonate with someone. It fits a picture. Mm. It fits their their understanding. It will fit someone's. Sure.
0: Now, am going to go on to the part of the show where we look into three songs.
1: Okay, yeah. Three songs. Oh, good songs.
0: Three songs that tell us a bit about you, your perspectives yeah. on life or art, or they have a, a significant meaning. What are your three songs.
1: So the first song is I Got The by Labi Sifra. This guy was the guy I only discovered a couple of months ago, but we've been hearing his music since we were born, George. Like, he was a guy that sang Something Inside So Strong and Bless The Telephone or Thank The Telephone or something like that. And so many songs, like legendary epic songs that I still hear now in adverts and when i heard this song i got there i was like super surprised by it because it was the same tune as we're oh,
0: gonna play it a bit when you showed it to me my reaction was yeah the lyrics are just amazing so tell us why you've chosen this song
1: so i chose this song because in all music i love something that's upbeat and i like the contrast between something being upbeat making you feel good but the lyrics are so honest, mm. talking about how he's got the blues. And it's like you think with well, someone talking about they're low or got the blues, you think that it's going to have kind of more of a Melody. sad yeah, vibe. So I like the fact that it was honest. And also it reminded me of when you're feeling, having the blues, you're feeling a bit low vibration, I'm going to say, because are feeling low, sounds like you're depressed and whatever. I feel like maybe lack of energy. and. Right. And whoever he's talking about and saying that, you make me feel fine, I use that as you as in yourself. So whenever I listen to this song, it it, it reminds me of how I make myself feel. Do you know what I mean? So when there's a lyric, I got the blues I don't mind, all I have to do is get to you and I feel just fine. Obviously, if I'm feeling this kind of state of mind, that's not the real me like when i get to you i feel just fine so for me i'm feeling like okay sometimes i feel like lily I, I, I should, I, you know, the, how grateful i am to have these people around me and, and but also my heart it kills my heart a bit and just the honest lyrics you know i'm on a downer it makes you feel like you're not alone at times yeah. and also you're so good the way you give yeah. i'm a person that gives a lot and sometimes that can be my downfall because i can give and then i feel a bit empty but Here it reminds me there's a positive there. It's like you're giving and that's a good thing. Don't stop giving. Do you know what I mean? So it makes me feel good. A song that could have been a really depressing song is actually, it's got a vibe. It's like, it's like embracing your lows, embracing your ups and downs. That's normal and there's nothing wrong with it.
0: That's a dope message. That juxtaposition between quite a sad message Mm. but quite uplifting. Almost like, you know, the train exiting a tunnel. Mm.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: that's cool and then of course what you may not know until you've listened to two minutes is just amazing (laughs) it's so good
1: Good. Inventor, have you listened to it before? I I have lost?
0: never heard this, and I love who sampled and listening yeah. back and finding out what the originals were and what. First of all, like how has they just decided to put that break in there and switch it, switch up, it up to that incredible bit? Is yeah. is wild in and of itself? How they make it work, and then of course, Drake. Chops it up. Open. Actually, Dre didn't really touch it very much. You know, for Eminem's debut single, My Name Is, which is such a huge moment in time in, in yeah. kind of pop. It's like here I am, take it or leave it. Absolutely. This is me. Yeah. What an entrance. hit me or love me. What an entrance. And that was so him. And what a sample. Yeah. And although they didn't change up very much of the actual arrangement, the subject matter was completely different. Completely and different.
1: And I love the narrative in this, because the first half when he's talking about I'm in the blues and I'm feeling like, like, I imagine like in the morning and you're feeling blues, you're having coffee and a fag and you're just you're feeling a bit, you're not feeling as energetic as you wanted to be to continue with your day and whatever. And then the second part, he says, when I think of me, it's hard to be a p- person quite so sad, and which is um, so empowering. And then the second part of the song, it was almost like this is the answer to why I was feeling like this in the past. So he talks about, just a lonely soul, I was slowly dying. I was smiling hard, but I was lying. And it makes you feel like, to survive life, you put on that face, your painted smile. There's even a song called The Painted Smile. But you're not being you. And when you're not being you, it can be depressing. And I find that definitely resonates with me. If I'm not being me, and I'm trying to be, do too much to, I'm just putting a face over it. I think it's
0: it. like an abandonment of yourself, yeah. right? You're abandoning how you're really feeling. Mm. As if you're maybe, a, a and ashamed of it or you don't want to
1: and you're too tired of playing another person
0: yeah nurture yourself through it and yeah. yeah and it's hard exactly to be someone else especially yeah. when you're feeling like that and too. I
1: understand it's a defence mechanism it's a way to protect yourself and stuff like that but again it's just that it reassures you that we put on this facade and we sometimes and yeah when we're out and we're in that social environment yes these are all parts of us but sometimes the person you are when you go to your parents' house and you just you, that's you, yeah, right, that's right. the thing that needs to grow and heal and become What you want it to become. So, yeah, no, the the second part resonates with me so much. So, that's a really nice first track.
0: Yeah. What's your second song? Second Second
1: one is a song called Ziba Nakalis by Msaki.
0: The South African singer
1: and yeah this song is a bit of me do you know what i mean i connect with it my dad is from east africa so i've got some sort of connection to africa Mm -hmm. and it's very earthy and very connected with land but also spirit Mm. and yeah really like this one
0: I know that you listen to a lot of African music, not even yeah, African inspired music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it takes I grew
1: up, my dad used to, like, used to have a, a record called, of a group called Osabisa. Mm. And they were like a West African group that went to New York in the like, late 60s, early 70s with the African vibe, with contemporary sound, electric guitar. And, and what I love about certain types of original African music, when they're using the drums, is a very common instrument and things like the jumps and really things that awaken me really like a raw do you know what i mean and i loved it and this specific song i resonated with it as well because there's a certain part of the song where it's a chant and the chant plays a prayer to the ancestors asking for them to rise up and it's to seek solutions to all that feels unclear so firstly that's something that i do when i'm feeling unclear about something or whatever I mean, before I go to bed, or in the mornings, when I'm doing my prayer or meditation, I connect with my ancestors, I say thank you to my ancestors and forefathers for all how what they've done in the past has brought us to where we today, but also ask for guidance, ask for assistance and and clarity on things, strength, all these kind of things, and and this is great because there's a part in here where it translates into English where it says, show yourself, and there's a chant saying, ancestors, show yourself, guide me so I really like that aspect of it right. it really brings you back down to earth and for me the reality of community but also the support you have with the traditional um, dance and in Africa where our families come from they use things like fires and water and dance and chants to protect themselves and I think it's such a magical and powerful thing, ritual
0: Oh, amazing, yeah.
1: amazing.
0: And your third song?
1: Third song, ESP by NERD. You got energy, but you ain't gonna use it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You got so much time, but you ain't gonna use it. I uh-huh, uh-huh. yep. love NERD. NERD Man. is one of my first favorite bands.
0: Man, you introduced me to NERD. I didn't know I introduced you to them. Yeah, right? it was in. Energy. I was in my final year of medical school. So that was, was, it? was in no. 2010. So it was in
1: uni that you discovered NERD? Yeah. Really?
0: Yeah. So I remember I was at North Middlesex Hospital on pacing in in Edmonton, living on my own. No, I was living with Derek and Dennis, shout out to you two. (laughs) And I remember I came around to yours and yeah, and you put it on me and you put on, it must have been Fly or Die maybe,
1: but yeah, that was
0: just uh, the second studio album.
1: But oh, dude, you knew, you knew of Pharrell, though. I knew were, who they were. Yeah, yeah. Pharrell in terms of, like, when he did the song with Snoop Dogg. Of course. And, yeah, yeah. And, and Kanye West and Jay-Z. Like, all, so,
0: yeah, I knew that who they were, but I didn't know that I would like any R D S music. Because oh. it, was, it was always the thing, like, it wasn't... No, actually, I knew that I liked a couple of their songs. Like, mm. I liked Provider. I like. Yeah, lap dance. Yeah, but I had never thought to listen to that. they had the music videos out, like, doom, exactly, doom, doom,
1: doom, doom, doom. exactly. Doom. That was out yeah, when we that was were like uh, 17. Yeah, and like, I remember yeah, when I was in NA Fitness, I started to go to the gym, 8, 17, 18. That music video was always on the screen. Oh, wow! And I remember watching uh, at yeah. that time.
0: Yeah, so yeah, you introduced me to NERD, and what a changing moment that was in my life, <laughs> Is seeing an unconventional band that spoke to yeah. a lot of who I knew I was, but mm-hmm. perhaps wasn't, at the time, old enough to, or brave enough to really show that that side on the outside. Yeah, so they spoke out of... to,
1: they spoke out to the people, even though they're cool as fuck, they're cool. They spoke out to those they... The different creatives yeah. the weird nerdy calls yeah. do you know what i mean absolutely they spoke out to the people that were creative and felt lonely or creative that felt left out or different to everyone else that's what they were yeah and they were they are like that
0: absolutely and esp is from no one ever really dies that's their most recent album 2017. 2017. tell me about this
1: so they're talking about the energy there and it really this I picked this song to represent a bit what my artwork is about. It is all about me creating and producing the things that we do not see, the things in between the lines, not necessarily all the physical, but I, with my artwork, bringing a certain type of energy and connectivity on here with us and our, in the universe through energy, through vibrations, which connects to science and it connects to the physical matter when you think about you you can cut the the tension with a knife you're feeling something there and i think this song represents there's a part where it says that's that was what gave the slaves to look in the sea look in the mirror look at the reflection of the sea with spirit with energy with something more than others an energy was a higher being that empowered them do you know what i mean and yeah this just talks about energy vibrations And how much we've got of it we can create it from all our elements earth water air fire nature we can just switch energy with the power of our mind and this definitely shows that yeah yeah NERD ASP explores themes of untapped potential and the importance of harnessing one's energy time space and internet the song urges the listeners to use their inherent qualities such as their energy light taste, an extra eye symbolically representing intuition or insight rather than allowing them to go to waste. So we've got that little, small whisper, an idea that comes to your head, follow that intuition, follow that feeling. The lyrically discusses the presence of negative forces that try and manipulate and control individuals. It, it emphasizes the they need to stay true to oneself and not succumb to the pressures of conformity okay. so find your individuality your uniqueness and i love
0: that and that's not an easy thing to do yeah <laughs> a lot of barriers that you have to overcome we've got the distractions to...
1: in this world from social media to everything judgment politics going on the news all these things bring up fear stress comparison and nice, I do meditation, things like that to recheck into me and my soul. Because that's the thing, I
0: think as humans, one of the things that we're most worried about, most people who have anxiety about relationships, will reference at some stage their concern about their fear of abandonment, and and, and actually I think that us not being true to who we really are, Mm -hmm. leads to that. Internal tension Mm. where we're feeling like we're almost abandoning ourselves, who we truly are, to be able to hide that and present ourselves as someone else. Yeah,
1: feel that pain.
0: Believe, believe, believe.
1: I believe we're here on earth to experience. Pain, jealousy, sadness, all these things that the physical reality gives us, understand it, grow from it, heal and grow from it. And then we'll become that person where I'm not going to get offended when someone says this and that. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to get jealous or get annoyed by jealousy or be petty. Because this is a feeling I've already come across. And I think it's a lesson to learn that when you experience something, don't take that feeling on look it up from the outside and understand that this person is feeling this way and is acting this way because they're not in the right mind of frame. They're not in a good place. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with me, their feelings. Someone's feelings have got nothing to do with me. Yeah, sure. So it's about seeing from the outside.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and showing up for yourself mm-hmm. and being your own ally. To be able to say this is who I am, and mm. I appreciate who I am and my individuality, and I'm not going to abandon myself by yeah. hiding that side of myself and mm. trying to present something else. Mm. To and people. there's there's
1: certain people that you can or not to. There's there's people that you can trust that you can be yourself with and be sad. And you know, you, I can speak to my mum or my brother and say, "I'm not feeling good about this," or Leah I'm not feeling good. I'm feeling sad about this." Right. I can't do that with everyone. Yeah, I can't do that with everyone. And Absolutely. I said it was an important thing. And it's fine to be vulnerable. It's so important, but to ha- I think to have a avenue and someone you can go to to show that side of you is is important. Yeah, and a blessing if you have one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's you definitely know? not an easy
0: thing to do. Mm. I think maybe as you get more experience, as we get older, and as the world changes, I hope people are more able to feel free to express mm. who they are. Yeah, with their flaws, mm. because it should be accepted yeah and it definitely is acceptable i think things are
1: going that way i think there's a lot more awareness realization height of consciousness of people look there's that conversation about mental health in the first place that's the start and men not being able to express their emotions because we come from ancestors where it was in the village maybe the man was doing certain things and the woman would be at home caring for certain things traditions and things have grown and changed we're in a different place now time of of world where technology has grown and everything like that, we're a completely different place. And I think to move along with times is important Absolutely. and realize that we are all beings that we all have feelings and, but keep strong at the same time. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely, man. whats oh, what a conversation. Yeah. Question? Yeah. Enlightening, for... fun, mm. nostalgic.
1: We've dipped into a few other things I there. I think tangents. definitely from this, we've got the gist of actual neuro diverse as well, because how we talk, as we've we noticed, that we can, I can have a ten minute conversation talk about ten subjects, right? Like I can skip, 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 Tangents, skip. Left, do you know right, what I mean? That's and that's us. another aspect of it. Our minds move. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which is a great thing to have.
0: Yeah. Ned, thank you so much for coming on, being the first guest.
1: Thanks for having been, me. I do you know we have got to do this again.
0: Sorry. Exactly, it's been enlightening to hear about your experiences, yeah. dyslexia, other elements of neurodiversity that may not strictly fit in with Mm. that specific condition but i think that's we all have a spectrum that yeah uh, that we interconnect exactly and maybe the science isn't advanced enough yet to really tell us more about it but yeah until that point we just got to try and figure it out i think the most important
1: thing is accepting who we are accepting that our minds all work in different ways no one's going to be like who, how we are so don't get disappointed by that not everyone is going to understand you if anything yeah. no one really, 100% will understand you and I think uh, at first stage what I've believed that's worked to help to balance me out is doing things like meditation sitting in that quiet spot with yourself reconnecting with yourself speaking with people and also not being afraid of expressing or producing anything that you desire to create do you know what I mean? Everyone's produced shit work at the, in their earlier careers. If it wasn't for that, if we didn't get that out of our system, we wouldn't be producing, th- producing the stuff now. A lot of people get depressed about having certain things and yet people do have worse situations. It can really mentally affect people. Mm. But just remember that there's nothing wrong with us and that there's yeah. beauty and uniqueness in, in, in all of this as well. It's just finding it. And that's the challenge. That's what you need to master. Absolutely.
0: And um, I love the fact that we can have guests like you come on who's had such an interesting experience over quite an illustrious career so far. And it's not a linear path. It's got its ups and its downs. Yeah. But if you are somebody who doesn't find some specific things interesting or mm. inspiring, yeah, like some of the subjects in school, then you can focus on the things that you are interested in mm. and excel in those. Mm. And that's probably a better yeah way to do it I think for the long term definitely and we've got more avenues to do that now we've
1: got social media and things there's good things about these things we have got avenues to express ourselves and to connect yeah we've got those
0: kids have got those as well communicate through the medium that works best for you Ned speaking of social media where can people see your
1: amazing artwork so Instagram at NART N-A-R-T and E-A-R-T-H E A R T H. And my photography, commercial work, portraiture, and film that's on Instagram at Nedim underscore Nazarali. And I'm going to pop yeah. that in the show notes as well. Brilliant. Cheers. Ned, thank, thank you, you so much. And let's Thanks, do this bro. again soon. 100%. Let's do it. Amazing.